There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce the fourth annual Born Ready to Pod March Madness Bracket Challenge. All the information you will need for this bracket challenge will be on our Twitter page, Instagram page, and uh, follow one of us directly if you need any more information. DMs are always open. Uh, it's going to be $5 uh, bracket, max of four brackets. The login information, I think it's Born Ready to Pod BC, as in Bracket Challenge 2020. And the password this year is going to be Corona in honor of uh, the virus that's going around that everyone's scared of. So last year we had the winner take home roughly 900 bucks. This year we're going to try to ha- up that to closer to 1000 So. Be on the lookout. Max of four brackets. Um, Selection Sunday is March 15th, so it's coming up. Be on the lookout for that. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside. You barely even notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So, go to simplysafe.com slash team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Ollie brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name's Chris Cook. Here with me as always, Eric Hawk. And Hawk, before I introduce you today, I want to do a full PSA. Um, I'm not in my usual spot in my house where I go to to record. Um, I am in the same room with my dog. So if you hear some awkward breathing and barking, 
That's very annoying. That's what it is. But anyways, I just got new couches and I need to sit on because they're so comfortable. I can't pass up this opportunity to record on my new couches. So that's why I'm with these annoying ass dogs. So how are you doing? Good. I've just been uh, monitoring the coronavirus outbreak. I've uh, started investing in the stock market a little bit. I haven't bought anything yet. I've just been looking and learning and being really confused at times. But it's an interesting moment in the stock market. Everyone's freaking out about this coronavirus. And I tend to not think it's as big of a deal. But smarter people than me keep saying it is. So who knows? I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks. Hopefully I don't get it. But we're out here. And we uh, speaking of coronavirus, there was a, a lady in San Antonio released on accident. And then... Of course, the Pacers were in San Antonio on Monday night, so it was uh, it was a little weird. I, we thought DeMontis might have got uh, the disease in the first half, but luckily he looked like he shook it off. Yeah, so you're going to Vegas. Uh, where are you staying at? Um, the Flamingo, I think. Okay, yeah, I think I've stayed at the place next to there before. I've been to Vegas three times, but I haven't been. Or you're going there for a bachelor party, right? Bachelor party, we're going March Madness weekend. We're basically just playing poker. There might be a club trip or two planned in there. Who knows? But this will be my second time in Vegas, and the first time I was absolutely miserable. So I'm looking to spend less money and, you know, just spend most of my time, you know, betting small amounts of money on basketball. Yeah, when you go to Vegas, maximum three or four nights. You don't go there for a week. Uh, you, the first night's always the, one of the best. Second night's pretty good. But by that third or fourth night, you're ready to come home. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, just the fact of coronavirus. I've, I've thought about buying one of those masks, but at the same time, I'm not that big of a scaredy cat, I don't think, so I'm not going to do it. And there would be some shame involved, I feel like, as well. Yeah, you can't walk around uh, the strip there wearing that for sure. Um <laughs> Anyways, all right, so you, you mentioned the game there. Pacers-Spurs played Monday night. Um, obviously, I want to talk about the game uh, a little bit as well as some of the games that we that have happened since we last spoke. But the biggest news that came out yesterday was prior to tip-off, uh, just hours before the game, uh, it was ruled that Victor Oladipo was going to miss the game with right knee soreness. It's the same uh, right knee where he ruptured his quad tendon last season. Um, he's missed a few games here and there. Uh, he almost missed a game the other night due to uh, an ankle sprain, I believe. Uh, had some lower back issues and then obviously being held of back-to-backs. Um, but kind of came out of nowhere yesterday. The The knee was pretty, uh, pretty too sore for him to go. Uh, there's no real time frame on him uh, when he's coming back. Um, McMillan was uh, interviewed before the game yesterday, was very uh, mis- mysterious about it, didn't give any too much information. Uh, his response was that Vic had swelling, uh, so they decided not to play him, and he also mentioned it being unclear how long he was going to be out. So uh, no, very vague answer there, nothing really to take from that except maybe being a little bit concerned. Um, obviously, Jeremy Lamb just went down a few weeks ago uh, in that game against the Raptors, and, and now it looks like Oladipo is about to miss some time. We're just not sure how, how long that might be. Um, and I've seen already that Scott Agnes has reported for Wednesday night's game in Milwaukee that he's questionable. So uh, what what are your, your thoughts on this? Are you scared? What do you, How do you think the Pacers should handle this? You know, it, it kind of depends what – your view is on our ceiling right now 
we're in that four or five matchup with Miami. That's a series I think we can win, um, honestly, compared to some of the other teams that we would play. So I don't, this team's not going to win an NBA title. We've tempered expectations since we went on a little drought. We've rebounded a little bit, but, you know, they can go one of two ways here. I, I would not be upset one bit if they just shut them down for the remainder of the season. We can win games without them. We're still a, a relatively good team, competitive. We're not tanking the season. We're just protecting one of our more valuable assets. But at the same time, I, I don't think from the way Agnes was reporting that that's necessarily in the cards, at least yet. Listing them as like, what, questionable for Wednesday's game against the Bucks? Is that what he said? Yeah, that's what he said. So either way, I, I don't really – I think it's – I don't really want him to play. I'd rather err on the side of caution necessarily, but he did play his best game the game before. He scored, I think, 19 points, so it's it sucks to see because we felt like he might have been turning a corner, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's going to be my next question, if you think he should sit. And obviously, if it's going to impact him long-term, I mean, that's the only uh, you know viable solution is to sit him the rest of the season. Like you said, though, I don't think they're quite there yet. They'll probably sit him – here for a couple games and see how he feels, and then they'll just go from there. But obviously, they've always said, even this season, that it, it's not just about this season, it's going forward. And, you know, if, if he doesn't think he can go or if he's going to risk re injuring himself, then obviously you're going to let him miss the rest of the season, play some of the younger guys, uh, except Edmund Sumner, hopefully. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, 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 it was very disappointing to see the report. You knew there would be some bumps and bruises along the way. We knew this season wasn't going to be the actual season where he he turned into his true self. But like you said, there was the other last game he played. He had 19 points and he looked pretty good. So um, I want him to. I want the Pacers to err on the side of conservative here. Um, like I, I mean, the ceiling for this team, I think, is you know second round exit at at best. I don't see them making a conference finals run. Definitely not the NBA Finals. They're not beating the Bucks in a seven-game series. So, uh, you know, if if they're content with you know a, a second-round series win and at at best, then just let them sit out. Um, even with him, it's going to be tough. So, um, I I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I, I also don't want it to happen because I mean we've just waited so long to see him play and to see him to come back and have to sit out more games would just suck. So. Uh, I see both. I see both sides of the argument, but also I see the the fact that I mean, uh, for him to get back to himself, he has to play. So um, he's got to play in games to get back to game shape and game speed. And he had a year off, so that's not just going to come, you know, naturally. Like some people on Twitter, like Scott, expected him to come back and be his old self right away. So that's not how it works. Uh, he's going to have to play in basketball games to get back to his old self. I know some people that's hard to believe, but um, yeah, if it comes down to it, I'm not opposed to it. Don't want it to happen. Um, I just hope he can get enough game at game action in this season, you know, to, uh, to try to get back in into game shape. Yeah, for sure. That That's the best scenario. So am I the only one in this, in this situation here? Uh, I, and I, I, as I was writing down some notes, am I, are you getting Andrew Luck vibes from this? Ooh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I hope not. I don't think he's going to retire in the middle of a preseason game. 
but that's interesting. I, I don't think so. I think Vic wants to play. I, I've, you know, this, this season is his only really injury ridden season going into last year, of course, but I think once he's fully back healthy, I think he's committed, but who knows? I, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously I think, you know, uh, Oladipo has a, you know, he wants to play. He has that type of mindset over luck that he actually wants to be playing basketball and doesn't want to retire. So I don't compare it necessarily in that way. I was just thinking more so of the fact that luck had missed, you know, those years being injured and, you know, I'm not. And then sometimes you thought it was in his head. I'm not saying that's the case with Oladipo whatsoever. I just thought, you know, he missed several seasons being injured face of the franchise and, you know, compared it to that and thought it was an interesting question. Don't think it'll go to that route, but how disappointing would it be for the state of Indiana if they both retired from the sport within two seasons? Just add it to the long list of disappointment we've had. Yeah. All right, so Pacers-Spurs, um, Monday night, and this is the second time we're recording this, by the way. The first time the program quit on us, and Hawk went on a great run of probably – three minutes of talking and now he's got to redo it again. So we'll, I'll let you guys know if he does as good of a job. Anyways, Pacers fourth straight win. They've won five out of the six last games since the all-star break. If you count that game before the all-star break against the Bucks, six out of the last seven beating the Knicks, Hornets, Blazers, Cavs, and Spurs. So I'm going to let you go in what you just said. Maybe summarize it a little bit. If you don't want to talk about it, all of it again, or just, Go back at it, baby. All right, well, here we go. I, I think the big contributing factor to at least last night's win and this recent run of games is the play of Miles Turner. He had 17, you know, four blocks, a lot of crucial blocks. There was one that was reviewed on uh, DeRozan. That was a pretty big momentum change. And we just we just battle-tested that game. We got down to a 10-0 run. Or the Spurs went on a 10-0 run to start the game. We were all FTTing the team, getting pretty upset. And then we came back, we had a 15-point lead. We ended up blowing, you know, later in the game, which was always interesting and exciting. So came back, settled in. You know, Sabonis didn't show up for three quarters. We thought he might have had the coronavirus, like we said earlier, but he had his usual double-double, really took control late in that game. And then Brogdon, being healthy, just brought it all together. The pick-and-roll was working well. You know, T.J. Warren played 40 minutes against the Spurs and picked up a big win on the road. I mean, the Spurs aren't necessarily a great team, but it's a tough place to play. They have a winning record at home. You know, the streak we've gone on lately, we've relied a lot, you know, on Brogdon specifically, Turner, Warren, these guys that have been starting. And I mentioned about Turner before I got cut off that I thought last year was kind of a similar similar trajectory in his season where he had some early season struggles, and then later in the year he really helped us solidify our playoff spot and played really good down the stretch, so... I'm kind of seeing the same thing out of him this year. I think he's got 18 blocks over the last four games. Um, he's, he's rebounding the ball better, getting you know double-digit rebounds in multiple of those games as well. And then last night specifically, McDermott you know hit his first four three-pointers off the bench, so that's always going to help. But over this run in general, we haven't really played anyone that well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go into this Bucks game ready to be tested. The Bucks are coming off you know one of their only blowout losses of the year at Miami. So they're going to be mad. They're going to be upset. It's going to be in Milwaukee. Giannis is going to be playing. The last time we beat him, Giannis was not on the court. So this is going to be a playoff atmosphere and it should be a real test if 
if you know if we're playing better because you know they're a really good team and yeah that's that's basically the rant I went on earlier I think almost to a T. Yeah, that uh, that sounded just about right there. You, you did a pretty good job a little bit quicker than the first time, but I think you uh, hit all the points that you wanted to hit. Um, you mentioned Turner playing good here lately, uh, averaging almost 12 points a game, uh, nearly nine rebounds a game, and four and a half blocks per game uh, in his last four games. And obviously the big game ceiling buckets against Cleveland and Portland. He had those big shots there to seal the games. And that defensive play against San Antonio on Monday night. So uh, blocks-wise in that game against the Hornets, I mean, he had eight blocks, which is just incredible. I think that was his career high. So uh, Jeremy W. Miller, fan, uh, one of our our favorites. Um, you know, sometimes he can get over the top, but he's a big Miles Turner hater. So what do you say to him now? He, he's still keeping the Miles Turner takes hot that the Pacers need to get rid of him. So what would you say to Jeremy W. Miller right now about the his hate on Miles Turner, even though he's playing well here lately? You know, there's still something to be said about we're starting two centers. The spacing doesn't work necessarily. We haven't really beat anyone. So I don't totally discredit him and what he's saying because I think there are some options there. And you're going to get something out of Turner. It's not like we're just getting rid of Turner if we were to move from him. So I'd have to see how that all played out. I don't necessarily disagree. But right now, I don't. you can't bash his play or, you know, you're kind of excited the way it's going lately. Obviously, we don't have Oladipo now, so <clears throat> things are a little different. But, you know, this team, this group has played a lot of games together with Adam, so, so they know how to win. So let's just relax on that. It's not going to happen anytime soon, you know, the offseason being the soonest. So let's just relax. Yeah. Uh, Brogdon, last four games, 20 points per game, seven and a half assists per game. Uh, shots definitely looking better. Looks a lot better than it did, uh, you know, that stretch of games where he just played absolutely pitiful. So looks like he's kind of getting back to early season form, which is good to see, at least over the last four games. Um, Sabonis, you mentioned, bad night in San Antonio. Uh, but he's had near triple doubles in the last few games. Um, and that fourth quarter, I mean, he just came up huge for the Pacers. Uh, they ran the ball through him there uh, because, I mean, the Spurs were playing a lot of, you know, small guys and they're thrown on him and they kept fouling him and he actually you know as bad as he played he finished with 14 and 11 um most of that coming in the fourth quarter so that was good to see from him um coronavirus might have been an issue there maybe it was the, you know your theory also as well on the cigarettes maybe he had two or three packs in san antonio you know he's in texas i don't know how that works but may, maybe the cigarettes were a factor so uh i don't know if if he smokes during the season but but it's a theory to think about. Um, and then other than that, you got you definitely got to commend TJ Warren, the way he's played 30 points against Cleveland, 23 last night against San Antonio. I mean, he's just a good basketball player. And the, and the fact that he got traded for nothing is just one of the biggest all time, terrible trades, at least of recent memory that should be talked about more. The fact that the Suns just gave him away and how people aren't, besides Pacers fans, aren't giving them shit for that. I mean, he just, he's been one of, I mean, you could argue that, you know, he he could have been an all-star this year ahead of Sabonis. I'm not going to make that argument, but you could make it. Um, He's, defensively, he's been great. Uh, The one of the things that I love most on defensively from him is he does a great job of anticipating 
when the pass is coming. Um, so he, he, he does a great job of that. And what it's led to is easy buckets for him in transition. So he gets an easy steal and then he's quick and gets back dunk layup, whatnot. So he does a great job of that A guy's been, you know, great for the Pacers, you know, losing Bogdanovich, you know, obviously sucked. He was one of our favorite players and he's having a good year this year in Utah, but to get TJ Warren, um, in this lineup, I mean, you're just you're going from one great player to the next, and and I'm very happy that he's going to be here at least for, at least for the next few seasons. Yeah, and we have that uh, big rematch game with Miami coming up soon, I believe. Yeah, the March twentieth, so we're a few weeks away from that. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully, you get some uh, redemption on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and I was I was looking up ticket prices for that game. I believe it's on March twentieth, and I mean, a lot of it. A lot of the, you know, not the resells, the the face value tickets, they have been sold. So a lot of them are being resold at much higher prices. So lots of Pacers fans are attending that game Friday night at, at the Fieldhouse, March 20th, I believe. So looking forward to that game for sure. Um, but looking ahead this week, rest of the schedule for the Pacers, five-game road trip. Uh, Wednesday night at Milwaukee, that game is on ESPN. So could be, uh, you know, an embarrassing game. I don't expect the Pacers to win, but I'm at least hoping that they keep it close. Um, Milwaukee's a very good team at home or on the road, especially at home. So I don't expect them to win this game. But like I said, if they can keep it close, I'll be happy. Uh, Friday night, they play at Chicago. Chicago sucks. Should be a win. And then Sunday at Dallas. So I'm thinking, you know, three and two, and I said it before the road trip, I think three and two is solid if they do that on this five-game road trip. Yeah, for sure. That Dallas game will be interesting. Porzingis was playing really well, and he did murder us in a game we had against him earlier this year. So him and Luca, we're going to get both of them for the first time. I don't think Luca played in that first game. So that'll be another one, very tough game and another good test for this team, I think. Yeah. Um, all right, so last thing here before we get into around the association, um, I did want to mention, so after every Pacers game, we post the Chris Denary floss. <clears throat> you recorded it on uh, your your phone when it was on TV last year. And so we just kind of made it our thing. You know, last year we had hit the damn music and then uh, Bogdanovich leaves, so we can't use that anymore. And, and this year it's turned into the Denary floss. So after every Pacers win – um, we post the Denary Floss video just as a celebratory remark. And I guess the best part of that before I get into the story is the people who always comment and they're just like white people, SMH and stuff like that. So those are always funny because you always get those on there, uh, which is pretty funny stuff. But anyways, uh, we had <clears throat> tweeted out the other night and asked, tag Jeremiah Johnson and Chris Denary and we were just asked, um, does Chris Denary see this or does he know this exists? Jeremiah Johnson replies and says, I am aware of that or he is aware. So I go to sleep thinking that's the end of it. Wake up Sunday morning and Jeremiah Johnson tweets out a response with Chris Denary and looks like they're in a parking garage and Chris Denary does a post game interview talking about his floss. It's about a 60 second video We've retweeted it multiple times on our page. Jeremiah Johnson has it on his page. Just absolutely funny stuff. Uh, Denary doing an actual post-game interview in response to our video. 
So that was actually pretty cool to see. I, I'm assuming you've watched that. What What did you think about that when you saw that? Because I was just, I was on cloud nine when I saw it. Yeah, I saw it, I think, the next morning as well. And, you know, it was, it was pretty funny just hearing Jeremiah Johnson go into the, the line of questioning that we would ask a player. So Denary's our guy. He's always been our guy. We're always going to stand for Denary and, you know, Quinn's got that opportunity to join our ranks of Stan Hood as well, but he seems to give us the cold shoulder a little more. But we will always defend House Denary. Yeah, and you know what? I'll just go ahead and play it for you listeners out there. Make, make, make something of it. Here we go. I'll just play it, the audio. Jeremiah Johnson here with Chris Denary, the most important walk-off interview after the game against Cleveland. Inquiring minds want to know what Chris thinks of the flossing video the Born Ready to Pod Twitter account posts after every win. Chris, what do you think? Well, my kids are, are, are not pleased with my lack of skills from my uh, flossing uh, back at a reading timeout, and it keeps rearing its ugly head. It's sort of like the Jordan crying meme. It's now the Denary flossing meme. <laughs> are you all right with it? I'm all right. I hope you, I hope you have it about, what do we have, 20, what do we have, 22 games left? I hope you do it 22 more times. So, yeah, that's the end of it. I mean, Denary is just like the typical, like, He's the poster child of, of dads, don't you think? He's just the typical. He's the dad. He has. A, he's got the bad dance moves. You know. He's just. He's a poster child of being a father. I feel like. Yeah, he's he's a typical modern dad. You know, he got Twitter because his kids had it. Wanted to see what they were doing. Realized he could use it for business work. Now he's you know he's on there interacting with people and you know just the things he says is pretty funny he knows the jordan crying meme he's probably seen that going around so he's, he's just going to take it over the mantle and the denary floss meme is going to take that over so i can't wait to see that happen yeah he's probably still stuck in the time where like when memes first came out it was like willy wonka like the face and some other memes like he's probably probably still stuck in that time where he thinks that those types of memes are still relevant in this day and age when you know memes have just advanced so much farther and you know the 10 years that they've been out it's just incredible yeah he's he's he still loves the kermit sipping tea meme. <laughs> yeah definitely so all right that's gonna wrap up first segment here pacers uh on a Five, four, no, I said four or five game win streak. I was going to end that. Four four game win streak, beating the Spurs Monday night. Uh, big game uh, against the Bucks Wednesday night. So, uh, like I said, we're not expecting big things, but we just hope they can keep it close. So, anyways, that's going to wrap this up. And when we get back around, the association is coming up next. Google Docs open up, so I gotta reopen <laughs> that. So just give me a quick second here. Going to the Google Docs button now as we speak. Still loading. Untitled document. Clicking on that. And first up, we have 
Spike Lee says he is done with the New York Knicks this season after video surfaced of him not being allowed to enter the stadium on Monday night. There was some back and forth. The Knicks released a statement saying Lee and Dolan agreed Lee would not use the employee entrance anymore, but instead use the dedicated interest for famous people and celebrities. The report from the Knicks is that Lee is creating drama with his narrative and the statement to me seems pretty unprofessional. So something is up with Lee and the Knicks. This has all gone down after the team has hired a new president, Leon Rose, earlier this week. Thoughts on Spike Lee and the Knicks? Um, I thought this story was quite interesting. Um, so I saw the video last night, wasn't really sure what was going on. Then wake up uh, and see the first take videos of Spike Lee went on to first take and talking with Stephen A. Smith. So I just thought that, you know, it was a little strange to see that happen so quickly. But anyways, Spike Lee, you know, at least over the past 20 seasons, uh, and even longer than that, but at least over the past 20 seasons when the Knicks have been irrelevant. And, I mean, really, he's just been like the face of the franchise. Like, when you think of the New York Knicks, name a player over the last 20 years that you actually think about. Like, maybe Carmelo. But really, that's it. That All you can think about when you think New York Knicks is Spike Lee. Obviously, they had more success in the 90s. But anyways, my point being is, if he's been taking this entrance for, you know, the entire time he's been a fan, and he pays, like he said he paid, like $300,000 a year in season tickets courtside, and I think they did the math and said it was like ten million bucks is how much he's paid in total. If if he's paid that much towards it, and you know he is, I mean he's not technically a part of the organization, I don't think, but really he is. I mean he's an icon, um, and not many teams you can associate a fan with the team. So I I I don't know. I I, I side with Spike Lee on this. The Knicks are a terribly ran organization. It just seems like Dolan is just trying to have too much control in my eyes. Yeah, that's always the case. He just wants to, you know, party with rock stars and, and make music that sucks. So the Knicks always suck. I love it when the Knicks suck. Any dysfunction with the Knicks makes me really happy. And what would Next be up, and what would, what would Johnson. what would be great and I'm sorry for interrupting, what would be great is if Spike Lee just becomes a Brooklyn Nets fan. You know, it would be the time to switch with Durant coming there next year, so I would not hate that. But he doesn't seem like a guy that is unloyal. And, you know, I was surprised he said, this is the only year I'm doing it. Next year I'm back. So he can't even stay away for longer than half a season. So I don't think he's going anywhere else. Yeah, probably not. Next up, we got Magic Johnson opening up about Michael Jordan's famous shrug during the 1992 finals game one against the Trailblazers. Johnson said in an interview over All-Star break that Jordan had lost a bunch of money playing cards the night before Game 1. During the game, Jordan went off, scoring six three-pointers in the first half and giving the shrug to Johnson on the sideline. To me, this makes no sense, and Magic is just trying to keep himself in the news cycle. Could have happened. I could see definitely see a world where Jordan's out gambling late or playing cards with Johnson. I could definitely see that happening, but I, I think... Johnson's just trying to get his name in the news and stir up some interest. What do you think? Yeah, I actually hadn't heard about that yet, but that's very interesting. There's always the circulation out there that Michael Jordan was a big gambler during his days, uh, spent a lot of money on the craps, tables, blackjack, whatever it may be, apparently at cards, so maybe playing poker. So 
there's a lot of people, especially on Twitter, that make fun of Jordan and say all he, do- all he was was a bald gambler who played with plumbers. Uh, anyways, I don't agree with those people. I think they're jackasses. But uh, that's interesting to see. I-, I don't understand why he would shrug at Magic Johnson, though. What- what's, the- what's the relevance there between him making shots? What he's trying to say was, you know, I lost his money, but who cares because I'm the best player in the world and look what I'm doing on the court right okay. now. Was, but th- that doesn't make sense to me either. You know, yeah. I think he was shrugging because he was just in awe of his own talent. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm the best out here. Yeah, and it just sounds like you said it, it. That's a story that I think Michael Jordan should be telling and not Magic Johnson. So Magic Johnson definitely, uh, he's been out of the Lakers organization for a year. Just, you know, nobody's talking about him. And it's kind of like LeVar Ball. You know, he came back around here uh, this week because he's coming back with big baller brands. So he maybe Magic Johnson's got something up his sleeve. Uh, he's got something he wants to introduce or whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, this is just him just making a dumb statement. Yeah, I saw some LeVar Ball clips going around. I refused to click on them. I saw that he said the Pelicans were going to beat the Warriors in the first round, and I had to quickly exit out. I had too much LeVar Ball. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it was that. that so beating the Lakers, and then the other one was uh, he thinks that Brandon Ingram didn't become an all-star until he played with Lonzo when he played with Lonzo for two seasons before, which made no sense. I guess his rationale was the fact that Lonzo's healthy this year, which he's been out for plenty of games. But uh, And then he also, he, he also made the comment, and this will piss you off, he said Zion wouldn't be the player that he is without uh, Lonzo. So there's that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's him for you. Next up, we got Steph Curry back in the news, close to return to the league. Curry was initially supposed to play at the beginning of the month, but the team moved his timetable back, still expecting him to play in the month of March. I saw he's listed as probable for, I think, the game on Thursday. That's maybe their timetable now. Curry is now practicing with their G League affiliate. Um, Curry has missed most of the season with a broken hand. Thoughts on him coming back this year? Should they even bring him back? I mean, you know, he's obviously good enough to win him a couple games, maybe mess up a little chance of getting a higher pick. What are your thoughts there? Well, right now they're 13-48. and 48. They're, They have the worst worst record in the league. Uh, the Timberwolves and the Cavaliers right above them with 17 wins. So they're not – obviously no playoff run is coming from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Clay Thompson's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, you might as well shut down Draymond Green at this point with two months left. So th- this guy and this these these players have played deep into the postseason for four or five years in a row, had the seventy plus game wins win season, um, and absolutely no, there's no benefit to him playing. I mean, I, I, maybe they're trying to just get his feet wet. Uh, they they've sold tickets. They're not gonna have to worry about season tickets next season. You know, they're, they're in a new arena. They have. Clay coming back next year. They have Andrew Wiggins now. They got Steph coming back next year. It, it makes no sense to bring him back um, unless he really is dying to come back. And I'm sure they've told him, you know, if you want to sit out the rest of the year, that's fine. 
maybe he doesn't absolutely is opposed to that idea and he's making it a point to come back. I, I don't see the benefit of it, especially since you're playing for that top overall pick. You want to keep losing games. He's going to keep you in games. He's going to win you games. He's proven that he can win you games on his own in the past. He's a two-time MVP and he's a champion. So it makes no sense to me why they would bring him back. Um, I would just shut him down for the rest of the season and, and say, you're coming back next year, buddy. Yeah, I agree. There's not it's a broken hand, so it's not like a knee or something like old Depot had. I think it's not gonna be as hard for him to get back in the flow of it. Still a little bit of a challenge, so I don't know, we'll see, but I, I also think they should just let him ride it out this year. Next up we have the small ball Rockets. Uh, after Monday night's loss to the Knicks, the Rockets are now ten and three with their new lineup, losing the rebound battle in every single game they have played in. Do you think this Rockets team is better than before? And if so, are they a legit contender in any way in your mind? Um, well, I did see in that game against the Knicks, James Harden, who I didn't realize was doing tip-offs, he won the tip uh, in the Knicks game, which was interesting to see. I didn't realize that he was doing that. But, um, you know, it's Mike D'Antoni. He's trying something new. He kind of rev – he was the, you know, fast-paced lineups with the Suns. He kind of introduced that. Obviously, Steph Curry and the Warriors, they, you know, brought in the three-point shot. But he was the one who was play quick uh, with Steve Nash and those guys. So he kind of introduced that. Maybe this is a new thing he's trying to introduce where you absolutely get rid of the center position rather than having a big guy. P.J. Tucker's their biggest guy out on the floor. So I don't know if it's going to be long-term success. I think it'll work here in the regular season. Um, you know, they have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, so obviously they're going to beat teams, they're going to be good, but come playoff time, you play against, you know, Anthony Davis in the post, which, you know, who doesn't really have much playoff experience, but still, he, he's Anthony Davis, uh, and, you know, you got other big guys in the West, Jokic, who's going to guard Jokic? Um, I mean, it, it just... I feel like they're just going to get exposed in the playoffs. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'd say probably the ceiling. And, I, you know, I predicted this team to go to the Western Conference Finals so before the season started. So I will stand by that. But I don't see it working. I don't see them being contenders. I don't see them beating the Clippers or the Lakers, no. Yeah, I don't really either as far as contenders go. I think – Westbrook's played really well lately. Every month he's shooting less three-pointers, and if you follow basketball, that's the obvious thing that he should be doing with how terribly he shoots those. Um, so next up we got LeBron James had some words with the media after Sunday night's much-anticipated matchup against Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. After the game, LeBron defended the way he interacts with young players after games, saying, if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> Do you think LeBron should even care what others think in this scenario, or does this bother you the way he tries to sleep with young players in the league? <laughs> um, you know, I just, I'm just ready for this guy to retire. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I'm just sick of him. And yes, he is good. He's 35 now or whatever. He's still really good, but he's just the comments this guy says. I just don't even pay. I don't even, maybe I used to, you know, listen and care, not care, but, you know, 
not care, but I should say, but, you know, take the time to read what he says. But after the whole deal with China and that bullshit before the start of the season, anything that comes out of that guy's mouth is just like the, it, it just, it goes in one year, in one ear out the other. I don't pay attention to it. I saw the headline. And I was like, oh, it's just LeBron making another smart ass comment. He thinks he's cool, but he won't, he won't, you know, talk down about China in no way. So I don't know. That's just, anything that comes out of his mouth. I don't know why I got on the China kick there, but you know what I'm trying to say, hopefully. Yeah, I get it. And uh, uh, talking about the MVP race, do you think LeBron's closed that gap on Giannis for back-to-back, or do you think there might be a third guy? I know a lot of people are speculating now the MVP race is closer than people think. LeBron has a legit shot. What are your thoughts on the MVP race? It's not. It's not close. And the only way, reason why it's close is because you have these media outlets that are stationed in California, L.A. specifically. Yeah, Colin Cowturd, uh, Jason McIntyre, the worst of them all. They're all pushing this narrative that it's close and it's not. Giannis is the best basketball player in the league right now. He's the most valuable player. And yes, the Lakers have over-exceeded expectations even for me, I didn't think they were going to be a one seed. I thought they were going to be a decent top four seed, but definitely not one seed. LeBron's playing great basketball still at his age, but Giannis' team has lost, what, eight games, and his stats are unreal if you take a look at them. Um, I mean, the guy just completely changes the way. I, I mean, they both do, but I mean, look at the way that they play basketball, spread the floor out for Giannis. He can literally do whatever he wants. I mean, I feel like it's undoubtedly that he has to win the award this season. And if it goes to LeBron, it's going to be due to the fact that people say LeBron got hosed out of MVPs earlier in his career and he deserves it now. So Giannis can, you know, suck it because he plays in the East and he's playing against lesser competition. I don't know, but I think – what do you think? I, I I think Giannis is a clear-cut winner. I think Giannis is for sure the favorite, but there are a couple factors that want me to be, or not want me or make me believe it's closer than we think. One, just being the fact of the Colt Kobe situation there in L.A., and then two, just that they, they don't really like to give it to back-to-back people or they haven't as of late. So we'll see. Um, I think it should be Giannis again, but who knows. And then to finish it all off here, what about rookie of the year? Do you think John Morant's secured it, or do you think Zion's going to end up catching him? Because you know, with that amount of games Zion missed, I think it was pretty crazy to think that Zion could catch him and pass Morant in the rookie of the year. But I've heard a lot of people say that's closer now too. What do you think? How many games has uh, Zion played this season? Do you know? Um, it's no way it's more than 20. Let me look up his basketball reference. He's played 15 career games, averaging 24 points a game and almost seven rebounds on almost 60% shooting. Um, so John Morant has played... 55 games. Um, I know that they're close. They're jockeying for the eighth seed between the two teams. Um, so when it's all said and done, at most, Zion could play, what, another like 25 games? So at most, he'll play, you know, 40 games. So half the season, less than half the season. And he'll probably sit out some more games, I would assume. So it's tough. I feel like I could see. 
his stats being, you know, they're unbelievable, but John Morant's averaging nearly 18 points a game, uh, seven assists per game, and he's taking a Grizzlies team that wasn't expected to do much of anything and has them in a playoff race. So had Zion played, you know, 60 games or more, I definitely would say definitely he should get it. But if you play less than half the season, I don't think that you should be up for consideration for this award. He'll definitely be top three finish just because of who he is and, and the stats he's putting up. But you got to give it to Ja Morant over him this season. Um, I feel like just because games played matters a lot. Yeah, I agree. And interesting thing about Zion, remember that first game he played where he made four threes? Yeah. He's only made one since, so like that's that's just that's pretty funny to me. But other than that, I agree. I think it should be Morant's award, and that's all I have for around the association. Yeah, and breaking news uh, from Jeremiah Johnson. He tweeted out a video of Nate McMillan, and I'll go ahead and play this video on here. It'll be the first time that I've heard the video, but I'll go ahead and play it real quick for you guys. So if you can't hear that, and I'm sure you probably had issues hearing that, Hawk was that was Nate McMillan saying that Victor Oladipo is feeling better. His knee is knee is feeling a lot better. He went through practice today, had an intense individual session after practice. Still questionable for tomorrow, but it is at least good to hear. McMillan looks a lot more upbeat in this video about Oladipo's status. So does that make you feel a little bit better about the situation? Yeah, I think if it was serious, they wouldn't even consider bringing back this early. So maybe, you know, it's hopefully it's a lot less serious than we thought. Yeah. So good news to definitely end the episode on. So that'll finish up episode 78 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys have a good rest of your week, and we will see you guys soon.